0: It's a rule I learned in school
1: This is Jennifer Stone with Stone's Throw, and today, let's see, today is the 22nd of July, it's a Tuesday, right, and uh, it's 2014, I'm looking at my schedule here next week at this time, we will be doing a fundraiser, so this is my last chance for a while to beat the old drum. Talk about women, you know—that special interest. <laughs> the woes of women actually are well. It's majority report, folks. Uh, anyway, uh, four o'clock this morning. I uh, was watching cable TV, a habit of mine nowadays, and I—I uh, I called a, a lead. You know those lines that run along the bottom of the screen, and I—I I looked in it. It said that there was a uh, prosecution. They're going to prosecute the parents of uh, young women, children, baby girls, who have suffered from female genital mutilation, now known as FGM. Uh, All over the radio this morning, I noticed, uh, well, it's reared its ugly head, if that's the word, great goddess. I just I just perked up and I thought, well, somewhere someone is taking action, you know, once every decade. Of course, I would rather they would take action before the fact and stop this torture before it begins. Uh, I started to make a list of the films, a recent film, the one with Sally Hawkins. Oh, gosh, I forgot my notes for that one. There are so many movies... First one I saw years ago came from Somalia. It was called Fire Eyes. I saw it at the, uh, uh, the theater, the UC Theater on University. And there were a, not, a lot of local lo- doctors there. And they seemed to be confused about the, the practice of female genital mutilation. So, anyway, today I'm going to read you some of my own work, uh, ...about this subject, this horror. Uh, in the middle of it I have a poem that I, I think, yes, I, I'm not only going to read it to you, it's going to be published soon. Anyway, uh, I started writing about this ancient practice, female genital mutilation, way back in the 80s. I think of it as terrorism uh, the oldest, most dehumanizing, uh, talk about, (laughs) is for social control, what do we do, right, uh, castrate the women, anyway, I'm looking here at some, uh, notes, 1993, I think, these date from, Mm mm-hmm, I was writing about Isaac Dennison's book, Out of Africa, uh, she does not specifically talk about female genital mutilation, but what she sh- tells us are the uh, results. Here's Isak Jenison in, out of Africa. She says, I cannot write much of the Somali women, for they would not have liked it. Within their enclosed women's world, I felt the presence of a great ideal without which they would not have carried on so gallantly the idea of a millennium when women were to reign supreme in the world, yes, (laughs) the dream, Uh uh-huh. The old mother, Somali mother, at such times would take on a new shape. She would sit enthroned as a massive dark symbol of that mighty female deity. Who had existed in the old ages before the time of the prophet's god. Of her, they never lost sight. I have a footnote here. Uh, it's, it's constantly having to be uh, brought up the fact that it, it is not the prophet, not the prophet Muhammad who dictates this practice. It goes back to the time, oh, I think the first record is the Greek historian Herodotus. Uh, Yes, he mentions it uh, 700 years before Christ was born. Anyway, the practice arose with patriarchy, you know. Uh, (laughs) You have to have a guarantee that no strange man's child will inherit the property. Thus was patrilineal descent insured. A woman must be virgin until married and chaste ever after. This system created implacable enmity towards female sexuality. Uh, now, in Isak Jenison's Out of Africa, she has a romantic spin on the lives of these Somali women. She's trying to be politically correct by respecting these... Women's desire to keep secret this practice of genital excision. She does talk about the bride price and of the fact that these women cannot acquire a pair of slippers in any possible way except through a man. She writes, butter would not melt in their mouth, neither would they rest. (laughs) till they had drunk the heart's blood of their adversary. What she's saying is that uh, what I would call the death of the heart is often obvious uh, in these women. She, Isaac Dennison, describes the conquest of the conqueror as both a necessity and a fine art. Religion, strategy, and ballet, she says, practiced in all respects with due devotion, discipline, and dexterity. She goes on to say the Somali are wiry people, hardened in deserts and on the sea. Heavy weights of life, strenuous pressure, high waves, and long ages must have gone to turn these women into such hard, shining, Amber. That is a preface to a long piece that I was writing about the U.S. Marines who ha- who landed in Somalia, and uh, we know what happened. We know what happened after that. Aha! Uh-huh. We also know that uh, women in. Somaliland or any other Muslim country are utterly cast out if they are raped or especially if they sleep with the enemy. Um, the scene in Somalia was a recipe for disaster. Let's, let's go through the facts. Uh, genital excision is often called infibulation, and that's the most extreme, uh, procedure. It occurs especially in the Horn of Africa. It's a book by Hanny Lightfoot Klein called Prisoners of Ritual, an Odyssey into Female Genital Circumcision in Africa. Mm, That one was published in 1989. I read that one, yes, in the early 90s. She writes, quote, estimates of the number of females of all ages in Africa who have been circumcised range from, uh, 100 million to, what is it, 110 million. There's a whole list of, uh, the people who claim to have these statistics. Uh, I think I like Fran Hoskins' book the best. She's the one. Mhm. Does it her book is called uh it's Fran's book. Um uh, mm, anyway, yes, it's the title is basically uh just female genital mutilation. Uh I went to a conference once over at San Francisco State and uh uh it was quite a scene uh one of the women who had been excised, from, she was from Nigeria, she was trying to hide the pictures from some young men who had come to come to be part of the workshop. She said, no, 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 we mustn't let the young boys see. Uh, anyway, there's exhaustive research on this subject. Uh, okay, we got a... Um, A lot of statistics on the population growth in Africa. Uh, Female circumcision, in quotes, is not to be equated with this practice, the circumcision, as we know it when applied to males. This is where most of the confusion arises. This is a mutilation, either modified or extreme. Infibulation or... Phaeronic circumcision consists of clitoridectomy, that is, the removal of the clitoris, and the excision of the labia minora, as well as the inner layers of the labia majora. Uh, check out the pictures, boys and girls. The raw edges are then sewn together with catgut or made to adhere to each other by means of thorns. It was at that point, the images of the thorns, that I began trying to write poetry about this horror. Uh, Anyway, my article goes on to write that the suturing together is done so that the remaining skin of the labia majora will heal together forming a bridge of scar tissue over the vaginal opening. A small sliver of wood or straw is inserted into the vagina to prevent complete occlusion and to leave a passage for urine and the menstrual flow. Uh, There's a book, the one that I used first here on KPFA, by Dr. Nawal el Sadawe. It's called The Hidden Face of Eve. I found that to be the most useful book, especially for school uh, schoolgirls. It's uh, personalized. Uh, Dr. Sadawe is an Egyptian Marxist. She had a rough time, put her in jail and so forth. Uh, she explains that this practice, female excision, is much older than Islam. She says it's more political than it is religious. She states that while she is against all such retrograde and cruel practices, it is an error to view these practices in isolation. Now, here's what she says in her book, The Hidden Face of Eve, she says. The women in Europe and America may not be exposed to surgical removal of the clitoris. Nevertheless, they are victims of cultural and psychological clitoridectomy. Lift the chains off my body. Put the chains on my mind. (laughs) Yes. Sigmund Freud was perhaps the most famous of all these men who taught psychological and physiological circumcisions of women. You remember Freud had these theories on the psychic nature of women. He described the clitoris as a male organ. Interesting. He's right about that, yes. And sexual activity related to the clitoris as an infantile phase. Seems a contradiction, doesn't it? When Freud maintained that maturity and mental health in a woman require that sexual activity related to the clitoris cease and be transferred to the vagina. Check out good old D.H. Lawrence. God bless him. I love D.H. Lawrence, but at, at some point, he insisted that women simply had to turn off. Otherwise, you know, it just wasn't right somehow. They had to, uh, what do you call that? They had to get their... A sexual satisfaction, kind of osmosis through the male. Uh, I know it's very, uh, what is it, uh, retrograde to talk about these things at this point in history because nowadays everyone knows all this stuff and, of course, we're all enlightened. Two nights ago, I watched an absolutely god-awful uh, television series called... Uh, Masters of Sex, I believe it's about the Masters and Johnson experiments, but it has nothing to do with the uh, actual Masters and Johnson's work. It's really, it's not just prurient, it's just unbelievably stupid. Um, I don't know who wrote the thing, but I just shuddered and turned it off. Um, you know how it is. Uh, you have to keep your sense of humor, and you have to think about these things uh, George Bernard Shaw once wrote that it's almost impossible to get women to take off their chains. You know, if chains are respectable. In some uh, cultures, uh, pharaonic circumcision is, uh, what do you call that, is respectable. It distinguishes uh, decent and respectable women. From unprotected women, slaves, prostitutes, you know, it's called uh, social status, social conditioning demands that the women be clean and sweet-smelling, otherwise they can't get married. The midwives themselves perform the excisions. Check out a book by Alice Walker called Possessing the Secret of Joy. Of course, the possession... Of The secret of joy is uh, rebellion, reaction, freedom, right. Uh, I'm not quite sure. I think every time this subject comes up, there's so much confusion and misinterpretation that things get lost. Uh, It's this, there's a grim irony, you know, that purification uh, is what, what is it, (laughs) is what results in the uh, horrific uh, problems that these women have. The retentions of menstrual blood and urinary debris do render these women uh, unclean, if you can uh, stomach that word. Uh, This debris accumulates behind the infibulation, causes terrible infections, The most difficult thing to understand is the desire of some young girls to have this procedure because they do not wish to be different. No, they wish to be marriageable. In any tightly knit society where mutilation is the rule, it will be the uncircumcised woman who suffers psychologically. Now, we hope this is changing... All societies practice punishment and social controls. Um, there several documentary films of these operations. I saw one at the Pacific Film Archive. I'll never forget it. Anyway, uh, all these acts by which women are undone, unsexed, raped, dehumanized, they're all the same. Uh, One of the women in the film from Egypt, she says, I'm quoting, if we don't cut it off, she's referring to the clitoris, if we don't cut it off, it will grow into a penis. That's a midwife in the film. The name of the film is uh, the name of the three young women women Inaba aziza and what ha uh, yeah. <laughs> in that movie the midwife explains that she's performing the excision on a 7-year-old girl to make the surface the surface uh smooth like a pomegranate so that the male organ will not be impeded in actual fact Intercourse becomes an act which is often impossible, and always acutely painful. I questioned the woman who made this film. Uh, she screened it at the Pacific Film Archive, here in Berkeley, many, many years ago. This woman, uh, Laila Abu Saif, got her Ph.D. in theater from the University of Illinois, right here in the USA. She has taught in this country, and she has taught at the University of Cairo. I think she's the only woman who's taught theater at the University of Cairo. She told me that she made the film for personal reasons. Uh, The reasons surrounded the death of her sister. Her sister died of infections caused from the procedure, she added that she can no longer live in Egypt because of the publication of a book she has written which describes the oppression of women. Genital mutilation of females is still a subversive subject uh, in most of the countries where it is practiced. Uh, mm, The magnitude of this crime is so great, denial has got to be the common response. I think of it as nothing less than soul murder. As in, you know, (laughs) systemic gang rapes of women in the Balkans. It's all spiritual genocide. Uh, Now, I have pages and pages more of this, but before I run out of time, I want to read you the poem that I have written called Private Property. This poem treats female genital mutilation as perhaps the oldest form of torture for social and economic control. I, uh, what is it? Uh, <laughs> I think the last time I thought of having this published, it came back to me with four cuts saying that, well, you know, it just would be upsetting for children. <laughs> I said, no, we've got to take it as is. Anyway, this poem is called Private Property. Patrimony since the Bronze Age, the private parts of little girls. The vulnerable vulva, labias bleed like lambs in rites as old as greed. Sharpen the knife for sacrifice. So tight, her mother right. Close her with catgut, clitoris torn by the root, thrown to the dogs. Every dogma has its day. Four thousand years, some say, of whips and weddings, chastity sold for a goat. Enclosure of her fields and land, our source enslaved the earth in chains, child bride is femicide, holy mother maimed, mutilate, infabulate, my son is mine, cries the male line, it was not sudden, this reign of the phallus. A wall here, a weapon there, common property, yes. Free love, there's no profit there. A man's heart is with his treasure. Bride price is thirty pieces of silver, and don't forget the thorns. Christ's thorns were worn on high. Did he, did Christ know where children's thorns were worn? Flesh was on the market long, long before the prophet. Theft is the oldest profession. Veils for the women, yokes for the cattle. Venus envy, the oldest pathology. Bondage, the oldest barbarism. If we do not cut it off, it will grow into a penis. The old woman believes she is serving her race. Did the prophet know? The Koran will not say so. Where is it consecrate? that a woman shall urinate one drop at a time. No holy book, no testament to virility, mandates we castrate womankind. No ancient writings praise infection, no priest extols soul murder, Those sacred scrolls preach social controls. If man is God's cock, then Eros is chained to the rock. Sunnah is tradition, rape of the virgin... Forest or female, it's much the same, first with a razor and then with shame. No old-growth trees, no illegitimate bastards, disappear the wild and the free. Damn the headwaters of the river Styx, that blood-red river of living and dying the river of time and return. Impale the Amazon on the sword of Greek thought. Burn the wicker at the stake. Snicker at the silicon starlet and the adolescent anorexic at the gate. Purification Is excision clear-cut the child? Pave the way to phallic privilege? Strip mine her sex until she is smooth as a pomegranate and dead to the touch. For should she rise what an erection, a libido to be reckoned with, a song to make the seas pristine once more, a dream of lands without demands, a hearth where outlaws find a home, where the unpaid labor of half the world sits enthroned and writes in stone. This is my law that shall be. Let every sentient being breathe free. That is a poem called Private Property, which, as I said, has been dismissed by a few editors as a a political polemic. How about that, folks? This has been Jennifer Stone. Uh, with Stone Slow. I will be back again next week at the same time. Until then, go easy. And if you can't go easy, go as easy as you can. So
0: divide up those in darkness from the ones who walk in love. Nader wants to dismantle the corporate state. You there? Some of our clearest thinkers are Robert Reich, Cornel West. Lewis Lapham now compares Nader to Thomas Paine because he knows what he thinks, says what he means, and is right. Nader's latest book is titled, Unstoppable, The Emerging Left-Right Alliance to Dismantle the Corporate State. Nader will be in Berkeley on July 30th, a Wednesday evening, 7.30 p.m. at
1: First Congregational Church, 2345 Channing Way. This KPFA benefit wheelchair accessible will be hosted by Harry Chrysler, creator of Conversations with History.
0: Advanced tickets available at brownpapertickets.com and our blessed supportive bookstores. That's July 30th, when you can get with this nation's most effective